The Holy Gospel according to St. Mark, the first chapter. And immediately Jesus left the synagogue and entered the house of Simon and Andrew with James and John. Now Simon's mother-in-law lay ill with a fever, and immediately they told him about her. And he came and took her by the hand and lifted her up, and the fever left her, and she began to serve them. That evening at sundown they brought to him all who were sick or oppressed by demons, and the whole city was gathered together at the door. And he healed many who were sick with various diseases and cast out many demons. And he would not permit the demons to speak because they knew him. And rising very early in the morning, while it was still dark, he departed and went out to a desolate place. And there he prayed. And Simon and those who were with him searched for him, and they found him and said to him, Everyone is looking for you. And he said to them, Let us go on to the next towns, that I may preach there also, for that is why I came out. And he went throughout all Galilee, preaching in their synagogues and casting out demons. This is the Gospel of the Lord. In the holy name of Jesus, amen. At the very end of Johnny Cash's life, he sang a song titled, Like the 309, which is about a man on a train numbered line 309. Now, the song reveals that nothing is going to stop this man or distract him from getting on this train or to get to his destination. And the reason why nothing can do that is because he's dead. The song is about a man in a box on a train headed to somewhere. Now, this train, though, is a different sort of train. It's headed toward heaven, and all those who are aboard are in their box as forgiven sinners. Now, Johnny sang this song towards the end of his life, and it was released after his death. So whether he was just singing about a man or about himself, that's for us to know or to guess. But regardless... The song is about a man who's on one train headed down one track towards one destination. Similarly, Jesus has a singular focus in today's gospel reading, especially in verse 38 when he says, Let us go on to the next towns that I may preach there also, for that is why I came out. See, up up until this point, you might think that Jesus is about several things like calling disciples or healing diseases or exercising demons. But in verse 38, Jesus reminds us what he actually introduced in verses 14 and 15 of chapter 1. That's Jesus' preaching. His preaching is the one reason, But rather than excluding all other reasons, this one reason actually encompasses all of his works, including calling disciples, healing diseases, and exercising demons. So even though Jesus tells us this one thing, this one thing is hard to pin down because Jesus is always on the move. If Jesus was only about his preaching rather than preaching along the way, 
then Jesus could have simply returned back to the town from which he came. You see, his popularity was increasing, and at this rate, there would be plenty of people that would have come to him. But Jesus knows that he is about his one thing and his one way. He's about preaching on his way somewhere. Now, while Peter and the other disciples wanted Jesus to stay put by going back to where he came from, Jesus knew that, would, that he would have neglected the world if he, stood, if he stayed put, and he would have abandoned his way. See, traveling, Jesus traveling along his one way, doing his one thing, is very instructive for us in our Christian faith. See, the Christian faith can be summed up fairly simply, following Jesus. Seemingly simple, though, there are plenty of disturbances and distractions that take us away from the one way, from following Jesus. We can lose our way. And the most common of those fall into two categories, sin and suffering. But today in the gospel reading, there is now a third category. That's success. We usually think of Satan trying to do disturb Jesus' way by tempting him to sin, like in the 40 days in the wilderness, or suffering trying to disturb Jesus' way, as in, like in Holy Week. But in today's Gospel reading, it's success that attempts to distract Jesus from his way. Sin, suffering, and success do all the same thing, though. They distract us by causing us to dwell upon them And when we do, we lose track of Jesus. And that's dangerous, because if Jesus is always on the move, when we lose track of Jesus, we very well could lose him completely. For Peter and the other disciples and us, we must remember that when we arrive at Jesus in his call to follow him in holy baptism, we must remember that he's headed somewhere which means our relationship with him is always moving or always growing. The relationship with Jesus is dynamic, causing us to learn continually what it means to follow him. Now, this might sound odd, though, but even Jesus is continually learning what his Father has for him, and he's continually learning what it means to love all of us. This is precisely why he headed out early in the morning before it became light. He headed out early in the morning to be with his heavenly Father in prayer. Jesus escapes to the desolate place to revisit, rehearse, and remember his one thing and his one way. See, in the Gospel of Mark, every time his popularity increases, whether it be from his miracles or his healings, Jesus takes off to pray. And there's very three important instances of this. Today's gospel lesson, after he feeds the 5,000, and then after he enters into Jerusalem on Palm Sunday. Every time his popularity increases, he gets away to pray, to focus on why he came to earth, and his way through it. 
Now, rather than a cause for concern, Jesus' escape actually turns into another opportunity for Peter and the other disciples to follow him. And once they find Jesus, we see that, distra- that success has distracted them because they do want him to return. Everyone's looking for you, Peter says. But rather than leaving them behind, Jesus says, let us go, rather than I'm going. Which means he wants them to come along on his way too, even if they don't quite get him right now. See, this is a very important moment in the disciples' life with Jesus. It's a point of discernment for them. I mean, why can't they just keep things the way they are? I mean, doesn't their popularity and comfort actually say something about following Jesus? And of course, Peter asks Jesus to return to the town, but we, we wonder if they are going to return to their success. I mean, if they went back to the town, they would be kings. No one's sick, and no one is oppressed by demons. So this is a moment for them. A moment of discernment. And just like Jesus needs to remember, revisit, and rehearse his one thing and his one way, every disciple needs to remember and revisit and rehearse what it means to follow him. Jesus wants them along his way. And he wants them along his way so that they would see where his way leads. It leads to the one stop where he's not moving on the cross. He wants them to show up with him to that point, to that destination, to see, to see how he will not stop loving them until he loves them the whole way. The way with Jesus is filled with disturbances and distractions, and some of them are very painful, but like today, some of them are just successful. And like Jesus, taking time in prayer to remember, revisit, and rehearse our life with him will show us his way. Because as we take time in prayer, the Holy Spirit will lead us and reveal what it means for us to follow him. Through this discernment, we'll see that we must keep on moving. We must be on the move, growing in our faith and love towards him and towards one another. So even when we must go out and search for Jesus and wrestle with what he's doing with our lives, where he's going and what he's doing with our lives. We, like Peter, must let him have his way with us and follow him. And along the way with him, we'll see that it's his life, the one that won't stop loving us the entire way, that is the only one worth living. In the holy name of Jesus, amen.